You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. I must say, I uh, read Carol Payton in the Business Day this week and I couldn't agree with her more. And her opening um, comment really on the education story is worth repeating. She says it's tragic that the great majority of South Africa's children are not back at school full time. Most of us who are comfortably middle class will be unaware of the damage that's being done with suburban public and private schools having long navigated and negotiated their way around the COVID pandemic. It's uh, a far cry from what's happening in uh, the bulk of our public schools, some 85% of the of the country. And uh, I've invited Mpumi Moholwana, Deputy Director for Research, Monitoring and Evaluation at the Department of Basic Education, to talk about uh, the recent findings from the National Income Dynamics Study, Coronavirus Rapid Mobile Survey, NIDS-CRAM, and uh, it really is chock full with insights that uh, give us an understanding of what is going on at that 85%. And Pumi, welcome. Thank you for having me, Michael. Now, uh, when you look through the study, I think one of the most concerning, if not surprising findings relates to learning losses. Just take me through what you found here. Sure. So, um, this is based on the list of survey which is basically using um, a panel data with the same responses we introduced since 2018 in this national dynamic study that was at the start of um, COVID-19 in South Africa last year a rapid survey was added to that same panel with the same responses and there have been five waves of data collection where the same people are on questions on different um, Pumi, I just want to sorry, I just want to stop you there uh, because the connection is not great. It sounds like potentially you're on a speakerphone, maybe, but uh, you sound very distant or far away. If you are on a speaker, if you could just turn it back on to normal, or or, or maybe just jump to the left or right, because we're really not hearing you loud and clear. Sure, let's do that. Uh, is that better? Much better. There we go. Okay, great. Okay, great. So sorry, just picking up there. This is a survey that builds on the. National Income Dynamics Study, but it's based on coronavirus. So five waves of data collection at a household level, where several questions were asked on um, household health, education, labor, etc. And using that survey, we've been able to track what's been happening in households across the country in response to COVID-19. In the latest report we released, we added some data from the DBE's work on, on reading. And essentially, we're seeing, using the exact same assessment, children in grade four in 2019 were learning 50% more for English and 75% more for home language than they've learned in 2020. Wow. I mean, that, that is huge. I mean, the learning losses you're talking about there... Uh, would require massive intervention to catch up on. Um, I, I want to shift on, into um, what the the impact is on learning trajectories here, because what you found here is equally disturbing. Absolutely. So South Africa had been on a positive trajectory as confirmed by various international assessments, so in reading and numeracy. Um, this has been an improvement that we have managed to secure over a 10-year period. But what we are seeing currently is the erosion of this 10-year gain. Um, and as much as, you know, for a lot of people, the concern was on matric results for 2020, uh, as they were announced in January this year, 
the actual concern I would emphasize would be for the matrix of 2029, who are having in these early years about 60% of learning missed in terms of just schooling time. And now we've learned that the number of days you've missed at school is an underestimate of the learning gaps you're going to have. And so, yeah, it's quite drastic. It's quite serious. It's more than just returning to school. We need to intervene urgently. Absolutely. I was going to ask you what this reveals, obviously, is that policy interventions are required and urgently. What sort of policy interventions must government be considering? If you want to close the gap that is clearly emerging here, how long is it going to take to close that gap? So we had done some simulations um, early last year, but this was based on a much lower estimated learning loss um, and, and, but I think maybe even before responding to the simulations aspect, the very primary thing is having children back in schools on a full-time basis. I'm sure you will know there was an announcement by the department of this from July. So taking away the rotational learning, um, which is some children are going to school every second day and depending on the school size, we've heard of cases where some children are going to school once a week. And so firstly, um, from a policy and a school basis, we need every single child, particularly in those early grades at school every single day. And then we need to implement the trimmed curriculum for a longer period of time. And that seems to be the thinking. Initially, we thought we'd have a trimmed curriculum just in 2020, but this has been extended to 2023. And then we need to probably support teachers more intensely in terms of making sure they have the resources, support, um, and any other thing they need, especially for those early grades. What do you make of the idea, and I know it's controversial, but to prioritise teachers in the vaccine queue? Because right now you still have, um, uh, as a, a major fear, even though the research doesn't bear it out, uh, of teachers going back to school for, for their own health. Um, so, yeah, nice one, controversial. Um, so I'm sure you'll know from our access teacher desk analysis that the normal patterns um, that we're seeing in access desks or what we are thinking of as COVID desks um, are the same amongst the general population as with teachers. So firstly, schools are not um, providing teachers with a extended or bigger risk and this is based on data. Mm -hmm. But secondly, we have um, quite a large number of older teachers, right? So who are already now should be eligible for vaccinations above 60. And I would then say in the next phase, ideally, we should be adding teachers maybe from 50 and above as part of our priority frontline staff, as you're saying, for their health. Um, and even if it's for their um, psychological and mental well-being, feeling protected and equipped to be at school every single day with large numbers of children. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because, as, I mean, as controversial as prioritisation in the queue is, uh, you know, for those who are uh, at school or, or should be but aren't, the damage uh, could certainly last a lifetime. And Pumi Mohawana, Deputy Director, Research Monitoring and Evaluation at the Department of Basic Education.